0: Everyone, welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now, for this week's talk, brought to you by Co-Lead Pastor Amos Grunendijk. Good morning, everybody. My name is Amos. I'm really glad you came. I actually think the first thing I wanna do is spend a moment in silence and prayer for uh, just peace in the Ukraine and the refugees. So I'll begin by praying, but then I would invite you to pray silently for just a few moments. So Holy Spirit, we ask that your presence would be poured out in Ukraine and in Russia, and in Romania and all the surrounding countries, that you would send your kingdom to bring an end to violence and war. We pray a special blessing on the children who are crossing the border on their own. Guide and protect them. Amen. I would invite you to open your Bibles, or there are Bibles in the back with the page numbers that will be put up on the screen to Psalm 23. <clears throat> it's not normal, by the way, if this is your first time for me to walk onto stage with a shepherd's staff, although I kind of like it, and uh, it gave me something to lean on as I was speaking. And I, I wondered about, like, if it would make a good hiking stick. And I was like, I, I wouldn't want, you know, people to look at me weird. And then I thought, maybe I don't mind that so much. It's kind of a normal thing for me, I suppose. Uh, but I, I had a self, I had an insight about myself recently that I assumed was true of everybody, but I don't think it is. When I watch movies, uh, I always want to be the old guy. Is that normal? So, like, if I watch Lord of the Rings, I want to be Gandalf. If I watch The Karate Kid, I want to be Mr. Miyagi, not the Karate Kid. I don't have any desire to be Frodo or Aragorn. Uh, I'm, I've been re-listening to uh, Harry Potter. On uh, an audiobook, and I just Dumbledore is the guy that I want to be, not Harry or Ron. Is that is that who you want to be too? You want to be Dumbledore? No. Who Who is it that you want to be? Like, who's your Star Wars profile? Is it Obi Wan Kenobi? I no Han Solo, Luke Skywalker. Any Luke Skywalkers here? Han Solos. Is it? You don't even think about who you want to be in a movie? (laughs) All right, well, anyway, maybe it's just that the old guys uh, carry sticks around or staves or whatever. Uh, But I bring this up because Psalm 23 is attributed to David, but I get the sense that this is not young David. I get the sense that this is someone who has deep wisdom and who comes from a place of peace with God and inner calm, despite perhaps the chaos that is surrounding him, he does not fear. So I know that you probably have some memory of Psalm 23 because it's often read at funerals. Uh, And today, actually, the theme is grief. Uh, Once a year in the time leading up to Easter, we provide space for you to remember people that you've lost who have died. Uh, not only in the last year, but there is probably or, or certainly someone in your life uh, that you are still grieving to some degree or another. And so we invite you to just do something tangible with that grief and we'll light candles at the end of the service. But uh, even though Psalm 20 theory is familiar, I don't think it ever wears out. And even though we maybe know What's coming next? I would still invite you to open your Bibles, if nothing else, to just create a window for the words to seep into your soul. And so, hear the words of Psalm 23 from Gandalf the Great, no, uh, from a sagely rooted, wise David. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. And surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So we'll take a look at Psalm 23 today, and I'll sort of go through it backwards. Um, but I, I know that grief can be about so much more than losing someone to death. Uh, we've all lost something in the last year or two, and so I the truth of Psalm 23 is not limited to the darkest valley or the valley of the shadow of death. Perhaps we have lost jobs or we've had dreams that have not come true. Or even because of COVID, we've had plans that have had to been canceled or we've lost friends due to political disagreements or simply just the passing of time. And so I would invite you to bring all of your grief into the room today and let the truth of Psalm 23 wash over you. But we'll be giving some special attention to death because death is actually the greatest enemy. David says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Death is a predator and I think sometimes or often we get very sappy about death. We kind of lean on sentimentality or wishful thinking instead of truth. So maybe you've heard that death is a friend, but that is not what the Bible teaches or death is simply another path, but that is not the picture that the Bible paints. In the words of Tim Keller, who is a or was a pastor at Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City, he says, Death is an intruder. Death is not the design. We were not meant to die. We were meant to get more beautiful as time goes on, not shrivel. We were meant to get brighter and brighter, not fade. We were meant to last, not to die. And I think as we become more secular. And we means whatever you want it to mean. Like the cultural waters we swim in are getting more secular. And even if nothing else, by some sort of osmosis, our worldview wants to be shifted toward a more secular view. As we become more secular, we will become more afraid of death. And yet, the Bible says over and over, do not be afraid. And David says, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid. But why? Because you are close beside me. The Lord is close beside you. And I will, I think, add that even though Jesus says, do not be afraid, and David says, you do not need to fear death. That is not the same thing as the command, do not be sad. Jesus never says, never be sad. In fact, Jesus himself weeps at the death of a friend. He lets the tears flow. And Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, do not grieve like the rest who have no hope. The idea here is that when we face death, As it is, in reality, it is a predator and it is an intruder, and we need to grieve. And we uh, will try to avoid grief whenever we can, but that is just delaying the inevitable outburst of anger or the medication of addiction or of entertainment or of distraction or of busyness. These are all things that we will do to avoid the feeling of sadness. But sadness is not the emotion that we all must avoid. It is the valley that we walk through. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. We do not grieve like the rest because we have hope. We can look at the reality and the awfulness of death and hope because we believe in resurrection. We look at the resurrection of Jesus, and we see that though he died, he was raised to life again. And that is the hope that we have for our future. And so on the other side of death, if you let Jesus be your shepherd, we have an eternity to spend with him. And so even if uh, the person you love who has died has gone to be with Jesus, they're happy, they're fine. It's still okay to be sad because we don't get to be with them, at least for a while. And so do not grieve like the rest who have no hope, but still grieve. And maybe even as we go through this teaching time, consider the person that you will light a candle for during the worship. Keep them close to your heart and on your mind. David also says, he, the shepherd, lets me rest in green meadows, and he leads me beside peaceful streams. And when we think of sheep and shepherds, we probably have something in our minds like this next picture, of sheep grazing in green grass, right? This is what we think of when we think of pastures. But this is not a picture that was taken in the Middle East. It was not taken in Israel or Judea. It was taken in New Zealand, where the pastures are very green and lush. It could have been the United Kingdom or perhaps around the corner, down 401. But if you were to live as a sheep, in the ancient Near East, your landscape would look a little more something like this, which is a picture I took somewhere in the Judean hillside. You might think, do the sheep eat rocks there? But it's not not lush. The rainfall is actually very limited there. Uh, There's not zero moisture because as the cool, winds blow across the Mediterranean Sea and begin to compress as it goes up into the, well, really Jerusalem is kind of the high point, a little miniature continental divide, if you will. There's still moisture in the air, and so there's dew, and at night there is humidity, but the grass is not (laughs) like the grass here in Pennsylvania. And so the idea of having green pastures is not normal state for a sheep in the Middle East, but it is a desired state to have a green pasture that you can lie down in. Something I want to do today is invite God to speak to us in our grief. So I don't want to just talk to you. I don't actually think I'm going to say anything all that new or inspiring, but I believe Uh, as we do here in the Vineyard, that God speaks to us, sometimes through ideas and words or intuitions, but he also will give us visions, and he wants to show us where he is at work and what he wants to do in us. And so even though it might be a little bit outside of your comfort zone to invite God to use your imagination, I'm going to do uh, an exercise, a contemplative exercise, as we've been doing during the time of Lent as we prepare for Easter, to let God show you the condition of your heart. We've done something like this before, uh, and we've imagined our heart as a garden. Do you guys remember this? We've done this from time to time in leaders' meetings, but also on a Sunday. Today, we're going to invite God to show you the state of your heart as portrayed as a landscape, or as a pasture. The idea is this is a place where sheep might be and pasture just seems like a little too fluffy. (laughs) Uh, But you know, if if your pasture is like New Zealand or like the Middle East, I don't want the box to be too small for what God might show you. So I would just invite you to close your eyes and take a deep breath and relax and I'll invite God's spirit to come and I'll ask you a few questions. Come, Holy Spirit, enter into our imaginations now. We trust that you will protect us from any manipulation. And we trust that you will speak and show us now what you want to reveal. So I invite you to ask God to show you the state of your heart as if it was a landscape. Let him highlight certain things about where you are, living things, what is the weather like, Are there any smells? Show us the state of our heart, God. And again, let him highlight what he wants you to see, to show you around, if you will. Now ask God to show you if there is anything present that does not belong there that he wants to remove or heal. Let it take on a form in your imagination. Perhaps it is a wall of distrust or of resentment. Perhaps it is a weed of fear or anxiety. Whatever it is, let him show you and then offer it to him. Ask him to do with it what he will and notice what he does. And finally, ask Jesus to lead you to a place where He can refresh you. What is the place like? And what does He say? The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Amen. I hope that was a meaningful experience for you, and I hope that you share it with somebody, uh, maybe in life group later on in the week, or I'd love to hear about it too. But the invitation here is to not simply know the words of Psalm 23, although leaning on the words of Psalm 23 in times of darkness or trouble or fear or worry can be helpful. The invitation is to know the shepherd. The invitation is not simply to know the words of Psalm 23, but to know the shepherd of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And if that is true, then you have all that you need. Jesus says in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Do you know the shepherd? For the shepherd knows you. And that is the invitation. If you don't know the shepherd, it's a simple prayer to say, Jesus, show yourself to me, I want to know you. And it's a simple step to connect yourself with people who are also on a lifelong journey to know their shepherd better. Because we all are looking for someone to care for us. And like sheep, We are dependent creatures. We have limits and we have needs that we cannot fill for ourselves. Guys, I'm all about (laughs) self-care. I'm not against self-care, but self-care taken too far is a trap and it will lead you to a life that is without purpose and selfish. And you might think that watching Netflix is a way to care for yourself, but you will get bored with it eventually. And I need to care for myself, so I'm just gonna go on Facebook for a while But then notice how you feel after about 30 minutes of that. (laughs) Not great, right? You need to let God care for you. And how have you done that? How can you do that that goes beyond simple self-care? Do you need a day off because you're tired? That may be true. Or will you take a day off of Sabbath, of rest, to be obedient because you worship the Lord, the shepherd, because you've decided to listen to the words of Jesus. And while it might seem like wisdom to work through seven days a week and push yourself, it might seem true that the world depends on you, that people cannot survive without your time, without your energy, that your place of work will fall apart unless you give that extra 10 hours a week. That is not a posture of dependence on your shepherd. That is a posture of dependence on yourself. And so some of us look for someone or something to care for us. We think we'll find it in the person we marry. (laughs) This is the person who will meet my every need, and I will lack nothing if I just marry the right person. And then you marry that person, and it's disappointing that they cannot meet your every need, emotionally or physically or spiritually. Uh, And you might think, oh, I'm one of the... uh, you know, emotionally advanced people. I know that I can't depend on anybody. I am self-reliant and self-sufficient. But if that is you, who have you made your shepherd? You have become your own shepherd. (laughs) I will care for my every need. The invitation is to make Jesus your shepherd and to come to know him. Finally, in Psalm 23, David says, Your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. You guys know those are different, right? It's not just a repetition. Uh, this is a staff. This is a shepherd's staff. It was given to me by a mentor. It has uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 13, just written here on the base. Um but a shepherd's staff has a couple of different purposes. One of it is one of them is to guide the sheep. But another thing that is true about sheep is they they can tip over, and like a turtle on its back, they get stuck that way with their feet up in the air, especially if they're weighed down by a lot of wool uh, on their bodies, and they can get stuck besides in thorns or in bushes or whatever. And so the crook in this staff is to, if you find yourself uh, on your back, stuck, you can be lifted up. So your rod and your staff, they protect and comfort me. If you find yourself hopelessly lost in grief, your shepherd wants to get you back on your feet. Not so that you can go on pretending like everything's okay and fine, but so that you can live with hope and grieve with hope. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the shepherd uses his staff to bring the sheep back to a place of belonging, back to a place of movement. But the rod is something different. The rod is like a little baseball bat, if you can imagine. And the rod is to ward off predators. And remember that death is the greatest of all predators. And so if you have your Bible still open, you can flip over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And here we find Paul actually mocking death making fun of death because he does not fear death, although it is the great enemy. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 53, will start at, that's page 1204 in the NLT. Because you see, death does not have the final say. Paul says for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death where is your victory? O death where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see that the rod that our shepherd has defeats death? Our shepherd lays his life down down for his sheep and in dying, he casts the rod to finish off our great enemy. He goes into the grave so that when we go into the grave, death does not have the final say. Jesus is raised from the dead. That is the message and hope of Easter. That is why we can grieve and yet have hope. It is why we can be sad and not get stuck. Because our shepherd kills death. And so now I'm going to invite the worship team forward. And I'm going to light the first candle, but you can see to my left and to my right, there are a few dozen candles and there are sticks that you can light off of the candle to remember and light a candle of someone that you have lost. Again, maybe it's, maybe it's multiple someone's. <laughs> Maybe it was someone who died this past year, or maybe it was someone who died a decade ago, but it still brings you grief. And then there are also mason jars with water in them so that you can extinguish those flames. But I light this first candle for someone that our community lost this year named John Belbin. Uh, He died young with several young adult children And so, would you guys just stand for a moment? So, I light this candle to remember John. And as we sing, I invite you to light candles for loved ones that you have lost. So, come, Holy Spirit. Be our comforter today as we grieve the loss of mothers or fathers or grandparents or sisters or children, husbands or wives, friends, relatives. As we grieve, meet us. We trust that you actually come close to us. Even though we walk through the darkest valley, you are near We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.